Hello everyone, this is Tom Fox. I'm a compliance evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to a special five-part podcast series sponsored jointly by Conversant and StoneTurn entitled The 2020 Update to the Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs Impact on Compliance Programs, a conversation with Conversant and StoneTurn. In this five-part series, we consider conducting investigations and ensuring consistent outcomes, internal reporting, establishing quantifiable metrics to measure and monitor the effectiveness of your compliance program, corporate culture, and evaluation of compliance programs. And now a word about our two sponsors. With the recent update to the Department of Justice Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs, it's time to reassess your compliance program. Click the link in this episode's liner notes for Conversant's interactive self-assessment and find out exactly how you stack up against the 2020 update. When you complete the assessment, you'll have a complete scorecard showing exactly where you can improve in the eyes of the Department of Justice. All from Conversant, all at no charge. Stone Turn. Since 2004, council corporations and government agencies have turned to global advisory firm Stone Turn when facing their greatest challenges. Make Stone Turn the first place you turn for advice on regulatory, risk and compliance issues, investigations, and business disputes. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. And today I have with me Asha Palmer. Asha is the EVP and CECO, that's Chief Ethics and Compliance Officer at Conversant. Uh, Asha, first of all, welcome, and thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Thanks for having me here, Tom. So, Asha, I wanted to visit with you today about the internal reporting and specifically around the 2020 update. If I could start with, why do you see internal reporting is so critical to a holistic best practices compliance program? I think all of our holistic best practice uh, compliance programs start with a phrase that's very similar to, if you see it, say it. And if you see it, say it. Uh, means not just speaking to, you know, an HR professional or your manager, but it means calling the helpline and some type of internal reporting. And there are many avenues to do that, re- that internal reporting. But the most important thing is that people know where to make their internal reports. And second of all, what to make their internal reports about. And so it's critical that we educate our employees about why internal reporting is so important, why what we care about in that internal report, and that we're actually going to do something about it when they speak up and say something. One of the other things that I really like about the whole discussion around internal reporting is the information that's generated. And if there was one thing that came through to me from the 2020 update, it was from the Department of Justice was that compliance practitioners need to look at all of the information they get. I was wondering if you could just kind of go through not simply the metrics, but what does the information from an internal reporting system tell you? The information from your internal reporting system tells you where your risk is. Um, And it could be where your risk is from a culture perspective. It could be where your risk is from a geographic perspective. It could be where your risk is from a subject matter perspective. And so looking at the data tells you, are you addressing your risk? Are you reducing your risk? Do you know what your risks are? And so it really is looking at 
the breadth of the data? What are the subject matters that are highest reporting? What are the regions where there is highest reporting? And then do you use that information to then base your program off of mitigating and managing those risks in a more productive way? And all of that information only can come when your employees engage with your program. And the number one way of engaging is to report something that they see, if particularly if it's not ethical or compliant. So let me flip it around. What does it mean if there's no reports? There's no information. Is that information? It is definitely information. I mean, I think a lot of people would like to believe that the lack of reporting means they don't have any problems. But most of the time, the lack of reporting doesn't mean there aren't problems. You can tell from a risk assessment whether or not you have problems or risk exposure. If there's no response from your employees on those areas of risk and there's no reporting on those areas of risk, then it may mean that one, people don't know where to report, which we just talked about. Two, people don't know what to report on. Right. Or three, there could be a culture problem where people distrust the system and they distrust whether when they report, you will do something about it. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that, but I don't think we should run to the victory line if we don't have any reports. Right. We may want to look at the why behind it and really dissect it a little bit more. Asha, it occurs to me in listening to you that you view the reporting system or indeed even the whole uh, speak up culture as really foundational to a best practices compliance program. Uh, could, would that be a fair assessment? Yes, it is. It is the foundational element of a good compliance program. But I will say this. The flip side of that is that you have to do something about people's reports, right? And I think a lot of practitioners have a really interesting time figuring out how do you share the learnings you get from investigations to make it a deterrent uh, for people to do that action going forward. And I don't have all the answers to that, but what I do know is that something has to be done. There has to be organizational justice, and we do have to figure out ways to share that because that or that foundation will be very shaky because no one will actually trust that when they report, number one, they'll be protected, and number two, that you'll do something about it. Do you view that as the responsibility of a SECO? Is that a shared responsibility or is it even broader? It's definitely the responsibility of the SECO to make sure that people know about it, but it's definitely not the job of the SECO to make sure people do it. You know, this is where the lines of defense come in play, right? managers on the front line, the people who are interacting with their employees every day, number one, have to exhibit ethical action and and lead by example, but two, also promote people to, to speak up if something's wrong because it protects themselves and their organizations. And if managers keep that message constant, then people will begin to trust the system and they will begin to use it. One of the things I've heard from other CCOs or CCOs is that they didn't realize uh, perhaps not simply the number of ways people can speak up, but how to intake that information and how to train, for instance, middle managers to do so. Is that also information that can come from a a speak up or reporting system uh, that a CCO or CCO can utilize? Yeah. In my last position, I did a lot of exactly what you just said, which is 
training actually based on previous cases. What we did was an audit of our helpline data. What were the common cases that we got over and over again? What were similar situations that we got over and over again? That to me wasn't a failure of the employees. It was a failure of failure of us as a compliance department because we weren't teaching our employees a proper way to deal with this situation or mitigate that. And so we did a manager-based scenario training and every one of those 10 issues were issues that had appeared at least three times in the last five years via the helpline or one of our cases. And so we took that information of previous cases and types and said, wait, we have some common themes here. Let's really target those themes and train the managers to deal with them. And when we did, Tom, it was amazing because sometimes the managers didn't know how to deal with them because there is obviously some gray area. And so we talked it out. We didn't give them an answer. We let them come to an answer because if they understood the answer they came to, they could then teach their employees the right way to go. And so it is that data, just that you, as you said, that information from the helpline that we then turned into training that then turned into less cases in that regard. If we could pivot just a moment to the new Conversant Converge community, and how do you see that as a resource to the compliance community uh, in, in not only exploring these questions, but also providing some answers? So as you know, Tom, the new Converge community is all about inspiring, growing, and connecting. And so I really look at uh, internal reporting as, as all of those things, right? You know, how do we inspire people to say, you know, even if you're a whistleblower, whatever that term means these days, right? You're doing the right thing. Um, how do we grow? How do we give people the resources to be able to say, here's how you should use your data. Here's how you should use your information. Here's what the DOJ guidance updated does require you. All of that information will be present in the, in the community. And then the connect. How do we connect people within the profession so that we can share best practices, share the successful ways we've gotten people to use our helplines and hotlines, and then the successful ways we've used that information to translate into training or engagement or risk mitigation. All of these things, we can collaborate together um, and probably find some greater solutions and trying to think about it on our own. Asha, if any of our listeners wanted to find out uh, more about Conversant, the topics we discussed today, or specifically the Converge community, where could they go? They can go to converge.conversant.com. Asha, uh, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time for this episode, but I wanted to thank you and look forward to continuing the conversation. Thank you, Tom. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you've enjoyed this episode in the Stone Turn and Conversant podcast series on 2020 update to the evaluation of corporate compliance programs impact on compliance programs. I hope you'll join us again for another episode. Please check out the show notes where you can find information on Conversant's self-assessment based on the 2020 updates. Also, Conversant's Converge 20 is now open for registration, and I would urge you to Take a look at the agenda. It's going to be a fabulous 10. This episode of the Conversant Stone Turn podcast series has been a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network.